vaccine mandate insanity for America, for New York City. We have Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson on, and Kamala Harris can't seem to keep staffers. Why? I'll tell you why tonight on I'm Right. No, I don't think it should be mandatory. I wouldn't demand it to be mandatory, but I would do everything in my power. Just like I don't think masks have to be made mandatory nationwide. Funny how that changed. They became mandatory in about 15 minutes after Joe Biden got elected. And why? Let, let's stop all this before we go into new mandate and madness. And we actually have some good news on that front. Although, if you're a New York citizen, not so much. But before we go into all that, let's 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 stop for a minute. Don't you remember the very beginning of all this? Because here's everyone knows the story about the frog, the slow frog boil. That you you drop a frog in boiling water and he'll just jump right out. But if you put him in there in lukewarm water and just turn it on and slowly warm it up, he'll just swim around there and swim around there and swim around there until it boils and he dies. And that's what we've really experienced as a nation right now with coronavirus. That's why so often I do flashbacks. We talk about how it began and things like that. I do that so we can remember where we started, where we are now versus where we started. And it is crazy to me. Initially, this was just a virus. It was a virus in China, and there were some scary videos coming out of China, which we now know were Chinese communist propaganda trying to scare the West into doing, well, exactly what we've done. All the scary videos from Italy. Oh my goodness, mass graves. They're dropping dead right there in the streets. And they had enough people scared about it that as soon as coronavirus hit our shores, people freaked out. What do we do? I don't know. Oh my gosh, it's a new virus. Are we all going to die? And then, remember this? People forget about this. The computer model. Some guy from the UK put out a computer model and it said, two million Americans are going to die. Maybe in a few months. Two million Americans are going to die. Remember that? I remember it well. I remember it very well. And I remember people started to ask the question, at least anyone with a brain started to ask the question, okay, you came up with a computer model. How did you get to that number? What, what were the methods? What, how did you come up with this? What data did you use? What were your methods? And he wouldn't tell anybody. Oh, uh, you wouldn't get it. Just know too many people are going to die. And yet, this is the part that gets me, because this is going to be a theme for coronavirus. Because of that, we immediately launched into these crazy efforts and saying, go home? Everyone go home for 15 days? What? Just stop the economy? We're just going to pause it, guys. Beep. It's just paused for 15 days. We can't lose millions. So hold on, hold on. How do we get to the original number? What happens is, especially in a broken, rotted society as we have now, when our government, our institutions are completely untrustworthy, what happens is they'll tell a lie, and then before you have a chance to untie it and unknot it, they'll have built several lies already on top of that one, so you can't even get around the lie that's the foundation of everything else. Two million Americans are going to die! Everyone go home! That was a lie! And yet... How many levels have we built on top of that now? If the wife and kids come home tonight, 
And I tell him, the house is on fire and there's a raging blaze inside. You can't go in, get in the car and go home. But there's no blaze inside. And then I tell him, we have to stay at a hotel. We have to eat at the restaurant I want to eat. We have to uh, go shopping. I want more guns tomorrow. We have to do all these things because our house is destroyed in a fire. How many levels can I build on top of something that was originally a lie? And that's what we've got now in this country. The lies have built on top of lies. They've built on top of other lies. And normal people, you, me, we're still there trying to unpack the original lies. And yet we can't. I mean, let, let's speaking of the death numbers, let's, let's bring that up really quickly, and then we'll talk about Joe Biden and Joe Manchin and all these other things. How many, how many Americans have died from coronavirus? First of all, let me stop you right there. If you answered the question, you're already lying or just misinformed. Because the truth is you don't know. I don't know. No one knows. Why? Well, talk about the lies building on top of lies. I don't know how many medical professionals you talk to. I talk to a lot. A lot of them email my show, call into my show, and you cannot count how many people have called in and revealed the behind the scenes stuff. Anyone who's died with COVID has been classified as someone who died from COVID. Someone can come in, they can be on death's door with heart disease, emphysema, all kinds of problems, but if they test positive for COVID on the way out the door, boom died from coronavirus. You ask people out there now how many Americans have died from coronavirus, you'll get a number 700,000, 800,000. That's not true. We have no idea. And we'll never know now. Because again, the original lie, they built on top of it. We're not even unpacking that now. Back to Joe Biden. Joe Biden obviously is a liar. Everyone in this regime is a liar. Broken, rotted, corrupt societies, their institutions lie to the people routinely. Joe Biden's vaccine mandate, I understand. We're getting some wins there. I'll get to that in a minute. It's already cost tens of thousands of Americans their jobs. It's an absolute disgrace. There's not enough outrage out there about it. It's horrible. It's un-American. He has no authority for it. Everyone knows it. By the grace of God, at least Senator Manchin has come out and said, no, 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 no. I don't support a vaccine mandate on businesses of 100 or more people. And on top of that good news, I have more good news. This is before we get to the bad news, at least for New Yorkers. The courts not only keep striking down Joe Biden's mandate, they keep striking it down, what's a great word to use here, with prejudice, I mean, these decisions aren't close. It's not as if they're saying, I mean, I guess I could kind of see it, but we're going to go against it. The decisions time and time again on striking down this mandate are all what? He has no authority to do this whatsoever. But let's pause there for a moment. He has no authority to do this whatsoever. Even a tiny understanding of the limits of presidential power would tell anybody that. So let me ask you, why was corporate America so anxious to start firing their own employees who they should appreciate in the name of something completely unconstitutional that's not a law at all? This is something we don't discuss enough. This disgusting corporate Democratic Party coalition that is formed in this country where corporations will in fact go ahead as if Democrat rules have become laws and just assault people with them. How wrong is it if you're a company out there and you begin firing people because of an unconstitutional executive order from Joe Biden? 
Shame on all of you. If you're watching this show right now and you let employees go because of that vaccine mandate from Joe Biden, shame on you. I hope your company goes out of business. I don't care whether it's a big company or a small company. If you decided to fire your employees because of a vaccine mandate, I hope you go bankrupt and live the rest of your life in a cardboard box on the street. And I mean it all the way. You want to see people living in cardboard boxes on the street? Just visit New York City. I, this is going to get a little bit personal here. I, I admit my biases, right? I have always loved New York City. I understand people hate it. I'm not saying I would live there, but I just, from the first time I visited, I fell in love with the place. It is wild, and it's loud, and it's crazy, and there's great food everywhere, and the lights, and the history. You know how much I geek out on history. There's history all over the place. I've loved it forever. When I used to land, I'd be flying into the airport. I would look out the window, and I would notice I just had a smile on my face. I'm just, just happy just to be there. I can't even visit New York City now. I'm, I'm not vaccinated, so I can't go eat anywhere. I can't go to any shows. It is a homeless encampment now, people doing drugs all over the place, violent crime rising. And I try not to harbor a ton of resentment for individuals because that's not healthy, right? Bitterness is a poison to the host, all that. I really hate Bill de Blasio for what he did to the city I love. And I saw this little video clip about vaccine requirements now for five-year-olds, and it somehow did the impossible. It made me hate Bill de Blasio even more. As of today, we're going to announce a first-in-the-nation measure. Our health commissioner will announce a vaccine mandate for private sector employers across the board. All private sector employers in New York City will be covered by this vaccine mandate as of December 27th. We're going to have some other measures as well. Our youngest kids, we got to reach them now. Right now in this city, it's about 20% have gotten vaccinated in that 5 to 11 range. It's new. The vaccine's relatively new. But what we're trying to say to parents is it's urgent. Before Omicron grows, before Delta continues to stress us even worse in the winter months, uh, get your kid vaccinated. And here's an incentive to do it. A lot of parents, of course, want to take their kids out to wonderful things that will be happening in the holiday season. Here's a reminder. Get your child vaccinated. Just one dose will immediately qualify any child to be able to participate in those activities. Just one dose. Just one dose. It's very urgent. That's your child. But get him out there. Get him. Get that dose in now. And I love how, what he said at the beginning. I mean, but it's new. I'm sorry, I don't rush out to inject my kids with new things. I don't care how urgent you try to tell me it is. And here's a little reminder for every single person watching. We have two years now of data. You know I'm not one of these people who says coronavirus doesn't even exist. Of course, it's a deadly virus. It attacks old people, especially people with pre-existing conditions. It attacks fat people. No question about it. We have two years of data. Children are at no risk from coronavirus. Virtually zero. Take that stupid mask off your kid's face and stop injecting your kids with brand new things because some idiot politician or scumbag at the CDC who doesn't know what he's talking about tells you you should. It is time to grow up and wake up and question every single thing this system tells you about everything. Why? Because they lie all the time. All the time they lie. They lied about 100 days. Remember Joe Biden's 100 days? Whatever your politics or point of view, 
Mask up for 100 days once we take office. 100 days to make a difference. It's not a political statement. It's a patriotic act. It's 100 days. It's not political. Just 100 days. Man, I don't know about you. My watch says it's December. How'd that work out? And again, back to what I was just talking about. And I shouldn't be so harsh because this is... This is what I understand many Americans are going through right now. When you've lived your entire life being able to trust certain things, being able to trust your institutions, it is hard. It's not easy. It is hard to get to a place where you have to accept they're all broken, rotted, and lying at all times. The CDC is insane, and it's not an organization you should ever trust at all. Remember, remember. I want you to remember this when I play for you the Surgeon General. I want you to remember this. The CDC recently came out and officially recommended booster shots. Why did they recommend booster shots officially? That's a big turn. Well, Omicron, there's a new variant. As of this moment, as of me talking to you into the cameras of this moment, the entire world not one person has died from Omicron variant. What? The CDC is recommending I get injected with something else because of what's described as a mild cold? That's where we are in this nation. Rotted and broken. When the CDC talks, you shouldn't trust it. When the FBI talks, you shouldn't trust them. The DOJ talks, you shouldn't trust them. When corporations talk, do not trust them. And obviously when the media talks, you shouldn't trust them. But again, I understand that's hard for a lot of Americans. You see this idiot sitting there, Surgeon General, fancy uniform on. You want to believe he knows what he's talking about. But listen to this insanity. Uh, but if you do as many families did, you get vaccinated and boosted, you use testing judiciously before you gather, you gather in well-ventilated spaces and use masks mm -hmm. whenever you can in public indoor spaces, your risk can be quite low and your holidays can be quite fulfilling. That's what so many families experienced this past Thanksgiving. Just vaccinate. I mean, vaccinate and boost. Wait, wait, that's not enough. Vaccinate and boost and uh, wear a mask. Uh, also, make sure it's well ventilated. People have lived their lives the last two years in this way, and it just blows me away. It just blows me away. I haven't done any of those things for two years. It's been wonderful. How are you? Get out of a blue area. Stop believing the things your institutions tell you because they're all broken, rotted, and lying at all times and learn to think for yourselves. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. I am very excited for my next guest. It is Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson of North Carolina. He is just awesome. Debt. Credit card debt, internet loans, whatever kind of debt you have. Do you have $10,000 or more in debt? And it's okay if it's more. Look, you piled up 50 grand, I get it. I understand. I understand what it's like to have not enough money coming in and the bills piling up and feeling like this is going to take forever. I'll never beat it. Stop. Call one number for me first. Total financial freedom. They've been doing it for 15 years. In some cases, they're cutting people's payments in half and getting people out of debt. Make one phone call for me. 877-332-8291. 877-332-8291. Make one phone call. Don't give up. You got this. We'll be back.
Joining me now, guest of mine, he's been on my radio show before, and he's always awesome. I would suggest the man needs to run for president, but we're not going into that right now. Lieutenant Governor for North Carolina, Mark Robinson. Governor, first and foremost, I love North Carolina. I've always loved your state, even though your barbecue's a little subpar, but I've always loved your state. Tell me it's not going to go blue. Well, first off, thank you for having me here. Merry Christmas to everybody out there. Uh, we are working hard to make that not happen here in North Carolina, and we're in a very good place right now in North Carolina. We have a lot of great conservative candidates here. Uh, we are uh, fighting hard to make sure that our maps stay in place right now, uh, and we are—we're just moving forward. Uh, we have a—you know—I think the best chance we have of not going blue in this state is by telling our story. What has happened in this state since 2010, since it's been under conservative leadership? Under Democratic leadership, under leftist leadership, this state was stagnant. Our economy was stagnant. We were moving in the wrong direction. But since 2010, under conservative leadership, we've seen our economy uh, grow. We've seen the private sector grow. We're the number one business destination uh, here in the nation right now. And uh, we're just, we as long as we tell that story and continue to uh, give the people of North Carolina what they need to succeed, I believe we can keep ourselves from going, from going blue. Excuse me. I hope you do, because it's a beautiful state. I love it very yes. much. All right, mandates. Uh, these mandates are awful. They're unconstitutional. They're terrible. People should have the freedom to make choices. How are you handling that in North Carolina? We're doing the best we can. Uh, we're, of course, you know, we have a uh, we have a left uh, a, a, a left a left wing governor who is all in favor of mandates. Who's all all in favor of. Uh, ruling from on high with an iron fist and not allowing people to make their own decisions. Uh, but I think here in North Carolina, the people have made their voices heard and they're demanding that elected officials allow them to be able to make their own medical choices. Look, I've said this from the very beginning about coronavirus. Coronavirus is a real virus. It can really hurt you. Uh, but like any other, any other medical condition, it needs to be up to individuals to decide how they protect themselves and how they protect their families. And when we, we're talking about mandates, whether they be mask mandates or whether, whether they be vaccine mandates, I'm not anti-mask, I'm not anti-vaccine, I'm not pro-mask, I'm not pro-vaccine. I'm pro-freedom. And I believe the people have the intelligence to make the decisions that they need to make for their lives and their health. And I think we need to let them do it. Governor, what you just said there sounds like the most logical, common sense thing in the world. I mean, it sounds like something in my mind everyone should be able to say. Why didn't we say it two years ago? I feel like as a nation, we just chose to embrace insanity and panic right off the bat. And it has put us down a, a terrible, terrible path that has been unbelievably costly. Why didn't everyone say what you just said two years ago? Two words. Fear and politics. Uh, politics has been the worst thing that has been uh, injected into this uh, into this virus, uh, is the reason why we are at the place that we are now with so much public mistrust is because we, uh, we have politicized this. This should have been left in the hand of honest doctors and scientists. The politicians simply should have gave them what they needed in order to, to uh, give, the, give information to people and they should have backed out of it. Unfortunately, a lot of pol politicians lived under that old model, never let a good crisis go to waste. They politicized this, and because of that, there's been a lot of fear and mistrust. Uh, we've got to get that trust back. And the way we get that trust back is we start allowing people 
uh, number one, to have their freedom. And number two, we start telling the truth about what what is actually going on. I hear a lot of arguing and screaming about abortion recently, especially because of the Supreme Court arguments they recently heard. I am very, very pro-life, to put it mildly. I don't think it's possible to be more pro-life than I am. I do think it is interesting to hear all these pro-abortion people talk about choices, and yet they're not for the same choices when it comes to the vaccine. Don't you find that odd? I I do find it odd, and people try to make that that, uh, connection all the time with me. They say, well, you're, you know, you say you're so pro-life, well, why, why do you not want vaccines? It's not that I don't want vaccines. I want people to be able to make choices for themselves. But here's the thing. When you start talking about abortion, you're talking about making a choice for another individual who has no voice. You're talking about killing an individual who cannot speak up for themselves. And someone needs to speak up for that life. And I intend to be that person. Look, you know, people can say whatever they want to say, but I'm a firm believer that life starts at concept, conception. And in this nation, that is the very first word in our in our founding in our founding documents about our tenants: life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And we need to give people the right to life, and I think we need to stand up for that. Speaking about lives, Governor, I, I was thinking about this this weekend. I was thinking about the condition of America's cities. And we're talking over 500 dead in Philadelphia. Chicago's numbers are even higher. New York's terrible. San Francisco, Los Angeles, big cities across the country. People are dying. Cops are dying. We have 314 officers shot already this year. Ambush attacks way up. And I think about how we sacrificed truth so early on in the wake of that George Floyd, obviously terrible video from last year. We just immediately blamed cops. And now it was supposed to be something that was supposed to help black people, right? All this Black Mm -hmm. Lives Matter stuff. It's mostly black people dying. Black people are dying in droves now. And it just, no one wanted to speak honest truth last summer. And now real people are paying for it. These poor people in these neighborhoods, they're paying the price. Absolutely. You know, I had uh, a, a Democratic uh, member of the North Carolina Senate had the unmitigated gall to try to lecture me about uh, lynching and about uh, violence or speaking violence towards people. Look, that is the strict domain of the Democratic Party. Back in the old days, it was the Democratic Party that pushed Jim Crow and separate and equal, the ones that created the Ku Klux Klan and caused all the terrible lynching and injustice we saw and all the violence and death that we saw because of poli- people's political ideologies because of the color of their skin. And today is the same way with the Democratic Party. It is the Democratic Party that has championed the rioters and the thugs and the hooligans who were on our streets last summer, murdering police officers, assaulting police officers, destroying private and public property, and looting and burning. Uh, that is the strict domain of the Democratic Party and the left, and they continue to do it today. We need to push back against that. We need to push back against their false narratives. And just like we did in the old days, we need to push back against them and tell them we're not going to tolerate. Governor, thank you so much for what you do. Please keep on keeping on. We will. Thank you so much. And Merry Christmas to all y'all. Merry Christmas, sir. Good man right there. Like I said, I hope he sticks around for a while. All right, we got Dome and Dumber next. But first thought about flipping houses yet? I keep telling you about it. I'm not telling you to do something I don't have any experience with. I've told you before, we lived in 10 houses in 10 years at one point in time when I was a kid. It's not only a great way to make money, it's fun. Find an opportunity out there. But Jesse, I don't know what your opportunities are. You don't have to. 
Every single thing you need to know about flipping houses can be found on FlippingMadeEasy.com. When you go to FlippingMadeEasy.com and you sign up with a platinum subscription using the promo code JESSE, you not only get a little special something for that, you have access to endless amounts of wisdom, article after article after article from experts what to do, what not to do, vendors in your area, flipping opportunities in your area. They're waiting for you at FlippingMadeEasy.com. It's a one-stop shop for everything you need. Go to FlippingMadeEasy.com now. Sign up with the promo code JESSE. Go make some money and have fun. It is fun. We'll be back. What am I doing here? Life comes at you fast. It's an old saying. And when we talk about politics, this very much applies to politics. When you're a winner, when things are going well, it seems like more good things just magically happen to you. But when you start to become a loser, when you start to become somebody who's unappealing, well, when you go down, you go down really fast which is actually a great segue when you're talking about Kamala Harris. And now we're going to talk about Dome and Dumber. You see, Kamala Harris, she just had a hit piece come out on her, and it's nasty. It does not make Kamala Harris look very good at all. Only it came out in the... You know, I want to make sure I have this right. The, the Washington Post? The Washington Post. It came out in the most liberal newspaper in the United States of America. Now, why, oh why, would Kamala Harris be getting blasted by the newspaper that should be, I mean, if you're looking at it that way, holding her up, doing puff pieces on her? Well, I'm going to tell you why all this is happening. The Biden administration they obviously didn't think they were going to be long term for <coughs> reasons. Kamala Harris was supposed to be the heir apparent, the next one. She's going to be the next big thing. And they picked Kamala Harris because she's a woman and because she's a minority. She's a minority woman, so that's why they picked her. Look, they were very vocal that that's why they were going to pick her, and that's why they picked her. And they needed her to not suck. Now, obviously, given Kamala Harris's history, that's going to be a mountain to climb anyway. But they really they didn't even need her to be a star. They just needed her to not suck. But she sucks. She's somehow less popular, they're pulling all these things, than Joe Biden. Kamala Harris doesn't have any responsibilities. And Joe Biden's out there publicly flailing about. And she's found a way to be less popular than Joe Biden. Well, here's how it works. When you're a vice president, congressman, senator, whatever the case may be, you have staffers around you. And contrary to popular opinion or popular belief, I should say, all your staffers aren't true believers. I just love the message. Go, go get them, Kamala. I'm with you. Girl power. No, they're young, ambitious people. They're there because being on the vice president's staff might mean you're on the president's staff. Might mean you get a cushy gig at a media company or whatever the case may be. That's why they're there. Except Kamala Harris sucks and she's terrible to work for one staffer came out and said quote the constant amount of soul destroying criticism and also her lack of confidence so you're constantly sort of propping up a bully and it's not really clear why 
And look, it is clear why. It, it's very clear why Kamala Harris is the way she is. And I'm not even going to make any Willie Brown jokes at this point in time, although I am tempted to do so. Kamala Harris is the way she is because Kamala Harris doesn't know who she is. There's a reason she looks so uncomfortable at all times. Everything looks unnatural. Everything is obviously a speech that was written for her, and she can't deliver it well. That's why she delivers the lines so poorly. Her laugh lines never get laughs. Her serious lines never, never get that seriousness from the audience. She's not real. She's a nervous human being, an unconfident, unsettled human being who doesn't know who she is, but there's something worse. Combine that with the fact she's insanely ambitious. All she wants is the next big thing. That's all she's ever wanted. And so when you combine those two things, what you have is a boss from hell who will destroy anyone underneath her if things aren't going well. And for Kamala, things are never going to be going well because she's Kamala. Anyway, it's enough talking about Dome for today. We have a lot more great show for you. Hang on, but first, do you own a home? Do you own a home? If you own a home, your home title is not a piece of paper anymore. I mean, it may be a piece of paper too, but it's online. And the cybercrime that is sweeping the United States of America right now is home title theft. While you're sitting there watching me on TV, there are thieves, home title thieves, browsing the internet. Are they going to find your home title? If they do, they're going to hack into it. They're going to forge your signature on it. And they're going to go take massive loans out against it. And you're going to either have to pay those loans back or get evicted or spend tens of thousands of dollars in legal fees getting it unwound. Or you could just go to HomeTitleLock.com, use the promo code radio and sign up. They'll detect any tampering and shut it down like that. HomeTitleLock.com. We'll be back. Joining me now, the founder of the Media Action Network, my friend Ken LaCourt. Ken, there's a lot to unpack with this Kamala stuff, and we'll get into all of it, but let's begin at the beginning. You obviously are a very experienced media guy, your time at Fox News, all that stuff. How does a hit piece on Kamala Harris make its way into the very, very left-wing Washington Post? Shouldn't they be best friends? Well, if you want to learn out, learn out generally where a hit piece came from, read the whole thing and see who it's nice to. And whoever's the, the, the person looking good in that, and whether it's a staffer on, on Biden's team, whether it's somebody else, uh, that's generally the, the, the person that leaked it out to them to begin with. So, uh, look, there's obviously a lot of sniping going back and back and forth, uh, a, a lot of it coming down from, from the president's side. They're in free fall with their numbers. You know, you, you don't blame your boss. You, you you try to create a little bit of a of a of some finger pointing to the other 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 direction. And this other direction is is her. Okay, now let's focus on her, Ken. I, I obviously all jokes aside, and I do enjoy my Kamala jokes. In all seriousness, she's always come off to me, which is very odd for a politician, as being extremely uncomfortable with who she is. Just seems like a very nervous 
unsettled person while at the same time being a wildly ambitious person. And in my opinion, it's just my opinion, that's why everyone around her gets treated like crap. Am I off? Yeah, I think most politicians are probably wildly ambitious who get to that national level. I mean, the uncomfortable part clearly jumps out every time she's asked a a tough question and she cackles and, and looks around. We saw that in the campaign. It was it was odd when when somebody would break into nervous laughter when asked something important. It's like, hey, how about those those dead children in the plane crash? And she she'd start start laughing uncontrollably. Um, so, you know, you certainly have that. And look, she's, she's, she's a mile wide and an inch deep. She is, she is not, it's not like she by hook and crook maneuvered her way into this, into this position. She ran for president. She came, even though she had all of the ethnic female checkboxes off, she got so, so dismal that you couldn't even counter in the polls. And the Biden team at one point got themselves into the position where they felt that they had to nominate a woman of color. She was their least offensive choice. I mean, I don't want to act like she's Zelig kind of shooting up there, but I lived in California almost my entire life. And she's had amongst the lowest, I mean, you know, up until she ran for office, had she walked around, even though she'd held five, uh, until she ran for president, even though she'd held major positions, most people wouldn't have recognized her. She, she wasn't a, a major force in California. Ken, okay, now it, I hate identity politics. Everyone knows this. I think Republicans do this, fall into this trap now too, and I despise it. How do we target Hispanics? Or how do we target women? I, I, just, I, do, I despise it on a visceral level. But I'm also not naive. I understand for the Democratic Party, at least, it has been successful on some level. So that Joe Biden call to have to pick a woman uh, and a black woman, it all looks ridiculous now because Kamala Harris is, well, terrible. But was it the smart move? Does that actually gain ground? Does it, does it help Joe Biden when he says, I'm picking a black woman? Does it help? Look, the, the Democrats are unified by identity politics more than the Republicans. The Republicans do it out of out of defense of, ah, crap, I think I'm looking like a racist because we don't have enough people of color, black people, whatever, and, and they do things. Uh, you know, you certainly saw them pre-Trump uh, uh, take that to the to the illegal immigration. They just said, we're not talking about this because they didn't want to be called called bad words again. Uh, it, but it's a different game at the at, at on the Democratic side. I mean, I mean, look at the makeup of the Democratic primary voters. You know, you, you've got a big chunk of 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 black voters. So if they're what twelve percent in the country, they're they're double that almost in the Democratic Party. So I don't think that she helped him, but she's she prevented him from from getting slammed uh, in the sense that, I mean, look, Kamala Harris doesn't really scream out. I mean, you know, she's a female and some mishmash of of American style mutt of, of her background. Uh, but but I think that he would have had a serious problem with the black constituencies, with the BLM, with all of that that was really riding high right up when he, he made that choice. So it was probably a, a good not net positive, but but defending him against a, a massive problem on his left when he pick her, picked her. Plus, she's so unpopular, she's like, you know, she's like an insurance policy for him. I mean, there are Christian hardcore conservatives who are praying that Joe Biden stays healthy. Think about that for a little bit. 
That's actually a very fair point. All right, Ken, I'm going to play you an exchange between Jen Psaki and a reporter. And this seems more tense than it should be, especially for a Democrat White House. I have to wrap this up in a minute, but Patsy, yeah, go ahead. Patsy, Patsy, go ahead. Go ahead. So just following up, following up, up versus Patsy. Let, let, let Patsy, no, I just answered. South Africa had thousands of cases. Simon, I answered a question on this. Let Patsy. Let Patsy. Simon, Simon, I answered a question on this. Let's let's let Patsy ask a question. It's not effective to scream over your colleagues in here. Let's let's let Patsy ask a question. Uh, Ken, this is not the first time it's gotten a little testy with Jen Psaki in the media. What's the issue? Okay, first of all, that guy was uh, from an African paper news group, some, something like that. And he was trying to make the point that, hey, you're, cancel you're, you're stopping these people from coming in from various countries where there have been zero cases of this new variant that have been identified. Why are you lying and saying we're only, we're only stopping this from countries where, where that's, that's coming out of? Now, of course, nobody really knows in some of those countries, and all these things take a little bit of time to get. Um, but secondly, I wouldn't conflate him with the typical Democratic uh, operative in there who who called themselves journalists. He was one of the foreign guys that it was just just was insisting to get an answer for him. So I don't I don't see that exchange as a breakdown between the 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 White House and their lackeys in the, in the media, which are basically like you know a thousand press secretaries out there for them. He 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 was let in the room kind of because they felt that they had to have some international presence and they wish they hadn't. All right, Ken. CNN. Chris Cuomo's gone. I'm going to play this little Brian Stelter clip for you real quick. There to me that management was balancing the concerns of staffers with the feelings of viewers. On one side, important complaints about Cuomo crossing clear journalistic lines and damaging CNN's brand. On the other side, concerns about Cuomo as a person and respect for the fact that he put his family first. And you know what? Some people felt all of the above. Uh, my phone was lighting up on Tuesday with calls from CNN staffers, some of whom said Cuomo should have been fired right away, but also with emails from viewers saying CNN was being unfair to the anchorman. So there was this balancing act going on. All right, Ken, we can set aside everything Brian Stelter actually said. Which I don't What's understand. What's the inside baseball stuff? How, how, does, how does Chris Cuomo get himself fired? He was, I believe, the top-rated show on the network. How do you screw up that badly? And no, I don't believe Jeffrey Zucker cares about harassment. Well, first of all, th this was a, a mess created not by Chris Cuomo. This was a mess created by CNN. All right, Chris Cuomo, he's... I, I, you know, I know they call him Fredo and they make fun of his intelligence, but let's just say he is the he is the most modest of all of the recent Cuomos who've come down down the line. They hired him because he was a big name, because he he's fairly glib. He's 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 okay at, at sitting in an anchor chair with 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 makeup on and and not sounding uh, not sounding too idiotic to people. Uh, but CNN allowed him to be a Cuomo brother. I mean, when they when they were playing that hole and their ratings were great because every Democrat in America was looking for somebody else besides Donald Trump who they could love for COVID. They had Fauci, and then they all settled on the New York governor. This was before he killed everybody, but or a lot of the old people in the in the in the old age homes. But 
they they maintain that popularity. So Chris Cuomo was allowed to do anything he wanted. He was allowed to come up. Remember, they had they had a whole special where where he came up out of his out of his uh, uh, out of his basement. It's the first time he's come out of his basement during COVID. Well, except for that time last week where people were complaining about him because he was getting into into a shouting match. So it's like you're clearly lying. Uh, then he put his brother on, and it, it, that was just that wasn't journalism anymore. That was just a a hoo hoo type. You know, we're 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 having our own our own variety act here. So Chris Cuomo was allowed to do all sorts of things uh, uh, that that a normal journalist wouldn't because they didn't treat him like that. When he finally goes over, but you know, then the whole sexual thing hit the brother. Chris Cuomo's got. I, I think that there's some. They've intimated that there are more things to come out about him and or with other women that are unrelated, or at least one unrelated to to his brother's problems. I have no idea whether that's a serious charge or whether that's some gal who's deciding to make it a serious charge because she because that happens that happens as well. You really have to look into those things deeply. But look, this is Chris Cuomo's a dope and he shouldn't be he's not the one who created this problem. This is all the senior management at CNN for allowing their news channel to turn into a variety show. Ten the court, everybody. Thank you, Ken. I appreciate it, man. All right. Thanks, Bob. All right. Have you signed up yet to be a supporter of the first? Have you gone to the firsttv.com slash support and signed up yet? You should. You get access to cool stuff, insider stuff. This is the network out there where we never get told what we can or can't say. They let me sit down every night. As you know, I have no teleprompter. I have no nothing. I get to sit down and say whatever I want to the camera. That's not common, even in right-wing news. Go to thefirsttv.com slash support and sign up. You will enjoy it. We'll be back with Light in the Mood. Surfing's always fascinated me. It looks cool in the movies, doesn't it? And I know, I know what you think to yourself right now. Jesse, you'd probably be great at that too. But here, I have a confession to make. I'm 6'8". I know that doesn't come across on the TV, but I'm very, very, very tall. And I'm not the most athletic 6'8 you've ever seen in the world. And that is being really, really kind to my athletic abilities. And I understand that all surfing is balance and all that. So I understand I couldn't do it, but I've always wanted to do it. And I don't know whether this video makes me want to do it or not want to do it, but it's time to lighten the mood. sad to say I'd, I'd probably look like the second one. All right, see you tomorrow.